0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. There had been so much to celebrate in a Euro 2020 final that so many truly believed would bring football home, but with the very last kick of the game from the penalty spot, of course, with 60,000 watching in the stadium, millions elsewhere, 19-year-old Bukayo Saka couldn't quite get past Italy's six-foot-four goalkeeper Gianluigi Donnarumma. <laughs>
1: hey, You know they, they should be,
0: and I, I think they are, incredibly proud of what they've done. England boss Gareth Southgate is already picking up the pieces, supporting his team and reminding the country of what they've achieved on and off the pitch. We, I think, have been a, a beacon of light in bringing people together, in people being able to relate to the national team. And the national team stands for everybody. Not everyone in the nation has been so dignified. Even before the defeat, some fans were wreaking havoc in places like Leicester Square. Others, without tickets, tried to charge their way into Wembley itself. There have been 49 arrests. 19 police officers were injured. Well, the Evening Standard's Jonathan Prynne was at Wembley for the final and is with me now. But Jonathan, first of all, how are you feeling after that match?
1: Oh, well, it was the usual kick in the gut that, uh, sadly, I've got used to over many years of disappointments, penalty, shootout, failures. Uh, I think, in a way, it was all the more painful last night to have got so far and to have gone toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the world over 120 minutes, then to go out on another miserable penalty, shootout, failure, was... Was, was very hard to take but you know there you go I've got the scar tissue from previous eliminations so um, you know I'll have to get over it and start thinking about Qatar in 16 months time. So
0: they didn't bring the trophy back but what they have done and what Gareth Southgate's been speaking about is that this team has unlike any other team before I think brought the country together haven't they?
1: I, I think they have uh, and I think that's a reflection of of him, this particular group of players who who seem to ref, who, who, who seem to be a very good reflection of modern England, actually in their racial mix, their age mix, they, they they seem a really decent group of lads who really do play for the team, you know. Unlike maybe a few previous generations of England players who. You know, you felt never quite shed their club mentality or their, you know, their their own individual interests. This lot really did. It really was a team effort, and and fostered by Southgate, who's such a good manager and a good, um you know, so good at getting the best out of people. And it was a lovely blend of of the, the sort of old gnarly old the, the, the gnarly elders, I suppose, and these exciting young kids, teenagers, the the next generation who will take the mantle on.
0: And People are talking about a knighthood for Gareth Southgate. Is that realistic, do you think, Jonathan?
1: I don't know. I mean, a minister this morning was sort of not denying it. Anyway, I I mean, although he, he certainly deserves some recognition, I suspect there will be a slight reluctance to reward what ultimately, when all is said and done, amounts to failure. We didn't win. We came second, um, and you know we were we were losers. We were very good losers, but we were losers. And I don't think it's pro- would probably be seen as a good principle to reward that that with the sort of highest level of honour. I mean, I'm sure he'll get something, but I don't think it'll be. I personally don't think it'll be a knighthood. So.
0: So, the England team have handled themselves well despite the pressures throughout this tournament. The fans, perhaps not so much. There were arrests last night. There's been violence. There's been vandalism. People tried to break into Wembley last night when they didn't have any tickets. It's not the best look for a country when the international spotlight is upon it, is it?
1: No. And it's a shame because England, you know, there's, there's talk in the air that England are starting to put together a bid for the World Cup in, in 2030. Uh, and that's what we saw, some of what we saw uh, at Wembley and, as you say, in the West End last night. And during the day, actually, I, I mean, I was at Wembley yesterday and the the atmosphere, I thought, at Wembley, right from when I arrived about five o'clock, was, was, was sour and unpleasant. People had obviously been drinking all day Uh, It was quite an intimidating atmosphere, unlike normally before a match on Wembley Way, you know, there's a sense of sort of joy and anticipation and it's a very lighthearted atmosphere, but it was a dark, it was quite a dark atmosphere yesterday. Um, uh, In a way, I'm sort of quite grateful, although I got very wet yesterday. I'm grateful for the rain because I think that slightly dampened things down, but it was it was unpleasant at times, and uh, yeah, that does not in any way project a good image of, of England, and it was a shame.
0: Did you feel safe inside the stadium, Jonathan? Because obviously there was that security breach. Were you aware of it at the time?
1: Yeah, there was, and, and I, I was aware of that there were more people on my row of seats than there were seats, actually. I mean, everyone was standing up, but obviously people had got in who didn't have... Uh, allocated seats so uh, it was getting quite squashed on my row and so that does suggest that there was some really quite fundamental security failure last night uh, that allowed people to get in I I felt I felt it was a bit under policed yesterday and it, it, it did feel not fully in control I must say but anyway fortunately it all passed off without anyone getting seriously hurt that I'm aware of so uh, that's good and i think the police will regard 49 arrests as you know a relatively good result um you know you shouldn't we should hope for zero arrests uh, but sadly that's you know that's probably not realistic but yeah i i, I felt that the security handling yesterday will probably need to be looked at
0: and then following the game following that loss you know the players who have been taking the knee on the pitch to stand against racism have uh, a number of them have have suffered racial abuse on social media as well and again that's not really in the spirit of what this team has been trying to achieve is it
1: No it's completely against the spirit of this team and it's it's odious and unacceptable and uh, I just hope that the authorities and the, the, the tech companies that run the platforms can come down very, very hard on these individuals. I understand one or two of them have already been identified and kind of outed because it is utterly unacceptable in any form. And, yeah, I hope the, the people behind it will be, you know, will, will pay a high price. But there is...
0: A lot to celebrate, even in defeat. We have a very exciting young team. And, and actually, something that you and I often talk about, Jonathan, is the economy of London and across England. And I, I think that that got a bit of a boost, didn't it, across across this, the, these Eurofinals?
1: Oh, oh for, yeah, for sure. There was there was significant spending um, on all the stuff that you normally expect. Beer, obviously. Um, Barbecues, uh, you know, memorabilia, flat-screen TVs, all that, and that will amount to several hundred million pounds. What, unfortunately, the economy will miss out on, that some economists have been talking about, is a kind of uh, a, a sort of euphoria boost to the economy more generally, not just in football-related stuff, but there's the, the feel good. Uh, there have been hopes that the feel good factor would start to unlock. Um, some of the huge amount of savings that's being built up during the pandemic and get that sort of circulating in the economy again and one figure uh put it as much as 10 billion pounds potential extra spending um on just on the kind of england the three lines factor if you like obviously we're not going to get that now i presume it will go into the italian economy instead but um but even so, yeah, there will have been a, a useful and, and noticeable uplift in spending in hospitality in particular uh, over the last month.
0: And I get the feeling there's a noticeable uplift in confidence about this England team as well. Not this time, they couldn't quite do it, but next time, an even bigger tournament. Are you excited, Jonathan?
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm going to put... Um, three Lions and coming home and all that to bed for a little while because uh, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sour taste just at the moment um, however without a shadow of doubt it won't be long um, we've got the qualification games coming up in in the autumn uh, for Qatar um, no doubt the excitement will start building again very soon um, you know we, we're, we're we're not just I think what yesterday showed or this tournament has showed, is that World Cup 2018 was not a fluke. It was not a one-off. We are now one of the countries that performs at the very highest level, you know, can be relied on to get to the latter stages of a, of a tournament consistently now. So I think expectations of Qatar will be will be high, uh, although it's such an odd World Cup in the middle of the winter, um, in a country with very little footballing, um, Tradition and 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 with a slightly controversial record on on this World Cup, uh, it's going to be a very very strange one. But um, anyway, no doubt the euphoria and the excitement and and all that will will grip the nation again. And it's uh, it's just you know it's only just over a year away.
0: There's more on this story at standard.co.uk. Follow the live blog to keep up to date with breaking news. That's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow at 4pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium